On today's edition of the show, the Florida Panthers went in a familiar place. We're going to talk about how the special teams has helped the Panthers during this six-game winning streak and how we have a clinching scenario ahead of Monday night's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Sunday, April 9th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And don't forget to send in your screenshot of your subscription to the Lockdown Florida Panthers YouTube channel for your chance to win two free tickets to the Florida Panthers versus Toronto Maple Leafs this Monday night. Best of luck everybody and today's episode is brought to you by hello fresh skip trips to the grocery store and count on hello fresh to make home cooking meals easy fun and affordable that's why it's america's number one meal kit go to hellofresh.com slash nhl60 and use code nhl60 for 60 percent off plus free shipping so the florida panthers Another win in that familiar place called Capital One Arena, going back to their playoff series last year and sweep the Washington Capitals on Saturday night. And honestly, for the Panthers, the the dominance that was in the first and third periods, I mean, this was a this was a 40-minute game for the Panthers. This wasn't a complete 60, obviously, if you watch the game. And the, the Panthers with... Also, their ability to not allow any shots on goal on their on on the tw- on the two times that they went on the penalty kill. Even before that, the Ekblad was starting off hot, hit off the post, uh, and and had a clean win on on Charlie Lindgren, who Charlie Lindgren was facing off against Alex Lyon, who they that's a Calder Cup rematch from last year's uh, last year in the Calder Cup playoffs, and though. The Panthers just on the on those two uh, penalty kills. Even though the the lack of awareness of Gudis on interference and and also with Matthew Kachuk on his uh, in in the neutral zone as he was trying to get uh, as the Panthers were going for a line change and line changes for the Panthers on on Tuesday on excuse me Saturday night was a. Uh, was a little bit of a there was a few miscommunications on 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 the day and that resulted in the Chucky uh, penalty in the first period and that resulted as well in one of the goals that the Panthers did give up in 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 the second period we'll get more into, into that second goal later I, I mean for for the Panthers I mean the there were times where the the Panthers were just missing the net and they did they couldn't get they there was one where the Capitals overcommit on one side Brandon Montour um grabs the puck from the open on the high slot and then with no traffic in front misses the net and the Panthers the, the power play was getting their chances great puck management and taking away the speed through the neutral zone in the first 12 minutes as well even got a goal called back uh, where it was called no it was called a goal then called no goal review took a, what felt like 5 10 minutes on on the on the review I was not keeping track of the count but this is why the initial call matters as far as doing so and Aaron Ekblad shot tipped off of Matthew Kachuk and, and, and in 
and excuse me, Montour shot redirected by Matthew Kachuk and looked very close, but this is why the initial call matters as far as that. And both times on the night when the Panthers had goals called back due to it being touched with a high stick, the Panthers took a penalty shortly after and Panthers had a little bit of a hard time regrouping on, on, on their, on their goals called back. But even the, the Panthers on, on the, on their penalty kill after, after the goal was called back later, late in the first period, Alexander Barkov had a short shorty chance and was tripped, but there was no call for some odd reason. And the Panthers, they were in, in the shooting lanes. Their their sticks were out blocking blocking uh, passes to clear the zone as well. And it, it was a great first period. And kind of saw how, even though it was zero zero, how if the Panthers continued to play that way, that they would they would come out. They they would come out with a win and and you know it 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 kind of stalled uh in the in the middle frame of course like I said it's a, it was a forty minute game for the Panthers in this one I mean the Caps were starting you were starting to see signs of it towards the end of the first period I mean it, like with two about two thirty into the second period I mean Ekblad shots redirected by Sam Reinhart but this was a little more obvious as far as the as far as the goal being taken off um, due to a redirection and touch with a high stick and the Panthers, they were on their third penalty kill, which was the one that they gave up five shots on goal. They're eating pucks, but still unable to clear the zone. But the the Panthers and Alex Lyon, he was able to be right, right in front, right in front on top of his crease, taking away the angles, and also, more importantly, with a lot of time to make saves, even though Alex Lyon was not busy uh, on on the day. And the the big save for Lyon was, I believe it was Sonny Milano, right in front, uh, 10, 10 feet in front, in front of the goal where the Panthers overcommitted on one side and then no traffic out in front, and he makes a glove save. But before that, the, the, through the first five minutes, through the first nine minutes, the Washington Capitals, their shot on goal advantage, um, differential was 10 to one in the middle of that second period, it, just in that middle frame alone. But, and you think about the two goals that were given up by, by Florida it, 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 as well, where Dylan Strom just walks Anthony Duclair, Mark Stahl, and Brandon Montour on that, gets it back to Tom Wilson um, get, and gets a rebound. And then Dylan Strom uh, fin- finish it, finishes on there. But the Panthers do get one back with Carter Verhage, sharp angle shot uh, uh, right off the draw. Brandon Montour gets it to him as Brandon Montour's uh, street, um, point streak continues, 11 points in six games as well. And even after the, the goal, the Panthers were starting to feel a little bit of momentum going their way. Uh, Gus, For- Gus Forsing had a, a a great breakaway all by himself, stopped by Charlie Lindgren. And uh, the, the Panthers, they got a power play goal. Uh, and where Ekblad off the rebound into a wide open net, uh, where where the Panthers have now have a uh, six straight games uh, with with a power play goal, and the second one bad line change for the Panthers. Gus Forsling was there with Mark Stahl on a change. Colin White was getting on the ice, I, I believe, where where uh, with Matthew Kachuk and Etulus Terenin there. So a lot of different combinations of 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 players who aren't paired to get who aren't playing together on, on that line change win and the and the Washington Capitals took advantage where with Tom Wilson scoring his 10th of the season and with that third period though the the, the Panthers I mean the 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 line change of 
Chucky going to the top, Duke back to the second. It was desperation mode for the Panthers. They knew they played a great first 20 minutes, a little bit of struggle in the in the neck in the next 20 as the Washington Capitals were starting to wake up. No, even though they had no Vetchkin, no TJ Oshie, and dressed 17 skaters, the Florida Panthers were had to had to be a little desperate, dig deep and find a way to 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 win this game. I mean, Barkov had a chance off the crossbar, Giovanni Smith on a on a redirection. And even though the Florida Panthers were the more dominant team in that third in that third period. The four on four for the Washington Capitals in in the third period that was mostly them. The Caps dominating that that four on four ice time where Barkoff and Ekblad were on the ice mostly the entire time on that four on four and in the and the Panthers even though their power play has been well as of late, which we'll get into in segment number two. The the power play on the offensive zone penalty by Washington where Mark Stahl was tripped. Uh, the Panthers were, it was just a lot of unforced errors that were a lot of passes not connecting that got them out of their own zone. I mean, th- I, be, I believe it was three times in that same power play that the Panthers were, were having to reset um, and not being able to put pressure on, on, on Charlie Lindgren as well. And with the with with the Panthers and 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 needing to dig deep and needing to needing to get a win and getting the two points. I mean, we knew what Pittsburgh was doing did, excuse me, earlier in today. We as fans scoreboard watching, we knew that the Islanders were building off their lead 2-0, then 3-0 even though a goal was called back in the Islanders game and then back to 3-0. Knew that the Panthers needed to find a way to dig deep and win this one. I mean, 15 to one in shot on goal advantage through with six minutes left for, for this Panthers team. I mean, and Rhino having a great opportunity right, right, right in front a feed by Mark, Mark Stahl and misses a wide open that um, hits the crossbar, but replay showed that it was actually blocked by Rasmus Sandin uh, as, as well. And just a missed opportunity for the Florida Panthers there as, as the, as the game was getting a, a, a little, a little stress more stressful than it than it should have been for for the Panthers. I mean, but even though the even though they it was still tied, Chucky was tripped in the neutral zone and, and it wasn't called for for them. But Matthew Kachuk, what a better way to get goal number forty than than Charlie Lindgren literally giving the puck to Kachuk as Lindgren was in trapezoid trying to clear the puck and then. Um, Chucky cuts it off. Lindgren was unable to get set, and then goal number forty, the Selly by Matthew Kachuk. You knew that was a big one for the Florida Panthers there, and of course Sam Reinhart knocking it out with the empty netter to to put this game on ice. And Jessica Blaylock on the post game show was talking about think about the two guys who were whose goals got taken away due to redirections and touched with the high stick. Matthew Kachuk and Sam Reinhart, who got the game-winning goal as far as and and the empty net goal towards the end, Matthew Kachuk and Sam Reinhart. It was a good sense of hockey karma for this team as the Florida Panthers come out with a four to two win over the Washington Capitals. In segment number two, we are going to discuss more about how this Panthers special teams units for them have been the difference in this six-game winning streak for the Cats. We're going to discuss this next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about 
FanDuel. Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can get up to the plate with no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Join FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Place your first bet and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to for a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the MLB. And for you guys watching on the YouTube, uh, you guys, unfortunately, during that FanDuel read, I the lower third was blocking my cat. As you can see, she's jumped on my desk again. Maybe I did have a YouTube commenter saying that they wanted to more cat appearances on the show. So here you go. And she's well behaved. She's uh, she definitely make sure that she won't be touching the microphone. That that's for sure. But for for the Panthers, I mean, Alex Line not busy and. Still finding a way to make timely saves when 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 needed, especially that glove save uh, in the middle of the second period. I mean, Matthew Kachuk with another three point game, uh, a goal and two assists. Sam Reinhart two points and eight shots on goal. Oh my goodness! The and the fact that Sam Reinhart has thirty one goals after such a horrid start in the first uh, seven games for him as well is it's just been it's just been great to see how he's been able to bounce back and if you take the last 70 games i mean it's on pace for 40 goals but of course it's a it's a full 82 game season and of course we've seen the streaks that that the that he has been on since being with the florida panthers i mean i remember it was i remember there was a buffalo reporter saying something about it like last year about about his his start barkoff two assists and a plus three on the night and brandon montour he's fifth in the league in points for defensemen. He's with the likes of Josh, Josh Morrissey, Quinn Hughes, of course, Eric Carlson's up there in, 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 in points as well. He's likely the Norris winner. And, and just the, the, what Brandon Montour has brought, of course, with losing Mackenzie Weger has just been incredible how he's been able to step up to the plate and just take, um, and just, play a bigger role in, in this Panthers team. And Paul Maurice also spoke about Aaron Ekblad take, being taken off the power play for, for, for a little while and then coming back and how his confidence has built so much since, since being back on the power play. And Aaron Ekblad's playing well, and his quote-unquote friend, Brooks Kepka is leading after round three of the Masters. I mean, if you could... It, this uh, recording is recorded in between rounds three and four, of the Masters, where Brooks Kepka will be challenging John Rahm for a, a green jacket, uh, and he's playing well, and, and and just you don't see Aaron Ekblad getting lost uh, too much, in it, especially in his own zone. The Florida Panthers are nineteen, nineteen, and three on the road. They finish uh, their their road record right at five hundred. Kachuk Selly, my goodness, was incredible. The Charlotte Checkers clinched a playoff spot as well, despite being on a little bit of a skid. Uh, but the the Charlotte Checkers are also conti- continuing to be in the conversation in, in the AHL, fifth straight seasons for the Charlotte Checkers, both as Panthers and Carolina Hurricanes affiliate. Lucas Carlson, all-time points leader in Checkers history as well. Can't wait for him to 
to be part of the Panthers roster next year. But let's talk about special teams. For the Panthers, Alex Lyon was five for five on on the night on on the on the PK. Charlie Lindgren had 14 power play shots against the the Florida Panthers power play was just incredible. And it's been incredible over the last six games. I mean, eight for 23, that's good for 34.8% on on the power play over the last six games and on the penalty kill 91% on, on, on the PK, which is two for 20, 20 for 22, excuse me. And that includes a four going four for four against the Toronto Maple Leafs on the road. And then Ottawa, who struggles at uh, at five on five, but has has guys who could kill you on the on the power play in Claude Drew, Alex DeBrinket, Timmy Stutzla, Brady Kachuk, just to name a few, are are, are guys who could kill you in the, in that front on on special teams. And the Panthers, they've gotten the job done in in, in that department. And we talked about how the Hordes start for the, for the Panthers in the first seven games, how only their two power play goals in in the first seven games came in that one afternoon game against the Buffalo Sabres in the second game of the season. I, I believe it was uh, two for 33 to start. I, I could have that number wrong. Um, but the Panthers, this stretch right now, for them, playing their best hockey of the season. I mean, we even spoke about it last week about from their worst to their best. Mat- matching a four-game winning losing streak with a four-game winning streak, and now it's up to six. Alex Lyon, what what more can you say? They're playing. They're playing. They've changed it up in the locker room to circle of life for for him every every time he gets a win. And the Panthers. And here's the thing about the wild card race. We saw on Thursday how the Panthers won. The Islanders won, and the Penguins won on, on Thursday night. And Paul Maurice had a very interesting quote prior to the game. It's, you have to assume, assume that the other teams are not going to drop games. So even though the Panthers can, in these next two games, drop one point and still make it, you have to go under the assumption that those other teams are not going to give you anything in the New York Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins in these next two games. We're through 80 games. Panthers, as far as what they've done in in the in this last in these last 28 games, let's go back to post All-Star break. The Panthers are 18, 19, and 1 in their last 28. Prior to the All-Star break, I said that the Panthers would have to play 700 hockey to get to 96 points. That is your benchmark right there. And the Panthers are not going to get to 96. If they win out, they're going to get to 95. That is just about the kind of hockey that they're playing. And most of it is because of their special teams. The Panthers have only lost in regulation four times since the trade deadline. And that was that four-game losing streak. Outside of that, you hit a little bit of a lull. Yeah, you put yourself in a position during that time to 
to have literally your backs against the wall. But <laughs> you got to ask yourself, do the Panthers like playing <laughs> with their backs against the wall like this? <laughs> I don't like it personally. I don't. But is it something that this team thrives on? And based on the record, 18, 19, and 1 in their last 28, I, I think the answer is yes. I mean, think about think about that even that first game post-All-Star, a throbbing of the Tampa Bay Lightning at home. Prior to that was the that big game against Boston. I still keep mentioning that game against Boston uh, at home. How huge was that win? How huge was that win? Season-changing. How huge was that win on the road against Toronto? Possibly season-changing. But the job's not done. Certainly isn't done. As... Two games, you have a whole bunch of scenarios for this Panthers team that could happen Monday, Monday through Thursday, where every single game, whether the Panthers are playing or they're off, we have to keep our eyes on all the games through, or at least a game, Monday through Thursday, because that will determine placing and clinching scenarios for the Florida Panthers before the regular season, at least for them, ends on Thursday night, which we're going to discuss next in the next segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Sunday, April 9th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, as the Florida Panthers are three points away from clinching a playoff spot. Magic number is three, ladies and gentlemen. So what would need to happen even whether it's Monday night, whether it's Tuesday, Wednesday, even Thursday. And a Panthers win. Well, actually, before we even go to Panthers winning, what games are going on on Monday? The Florida Panthers will be taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. By the way, that game is an ESPN Plus broadcast, not a Bali Sports Florida broadcast. So if you are, if you need to find a way to watch it, that is your only way to watch it. And the New York Islanders will be on the road against these same Washington Capitals that the Florida Panthers just finished facing. And I don't see the Washington Capitals bringing Ovi and Oshi back into the lineup. If they didn't play on Saturday with their chances of the playoffs being at 0%, then I don't see them playing against New York Islanders. So assume that the New York Islanders will find a way to get a road win against the Washington Capitals. But there is a clinching scenario. However, there is a clinching scenario which if the Florida Panthers win in regulation or overtime, but not in a shootout, and the New York Islanders lose in regulation, the Florida Panthers will clinch a playoff spot. Why? Because if the Florida Panthers on Thursday lose in regulation against the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Islanders win in regulation on Wednesday against the Montreal Canadiens, they'll be tied in the 
well, that's assume the Panthers get an overtime win, excuse me, on, on Monday, but losing regulation on Thursday. But the Islanders losing regulation on Monday, but win in regulation on Wednesday. They'll be tied in regulation wins, tied in regulation overtime wins, and this, it'll come down to the third tiebreaker, which would be total wins, which will go in favor of the Florida Panthers. That is your clinching scenario for Monday night. They could clinch as early as Monday, but they, but if they win in a shootout and the New York Islanders win in regulation, then you put yourself in a little bit of tiebreaker trouble. If you, if you, because a, a, a shootout win, but if the Islanders win in regulation, the Islanders will pass the Panthers as far as tiebreaker because they'll be tied in regulation wins, but regulation overtime wins, the New York Islanders will pass the Panthers. You can't get this to a shootout. Please do not get this to a shootout. Even if the two points are are there, yeah, you'll take it. And you'll just be one point away and your magic number will go down to one. But as far as tiebreaking scenarios, I don't you don't want to be in that position. You want to get that regulation or an overtime win in, in at least in the first 65 minutes of, of the game. That's where you want to get it. If the Panthers win and the New York Islanders also win, then on Tuesday, the Pittsburgh Penguins will be facing off against the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's not forget a reminder that the Panthers of all the three teams have the hardest strength of schedule going into these next two games. Pittsburgh Penguins will be at home against the Chicago Blackhawks. And the Chicago Blackhawks have the second highest odds to get the first overall pick in Connor Bedard after the Anaheim Ducks went into overtime on Saturday night against the Arizona Coyotes. So they'll be, quote-unquote, battling it out, if you want to call it, because players don't tank, only front offices do, for the highest odds. So a... The Pittsburgh Penguins, if that scenario happens where the Florida Panthers win and the Pittsburgh Penguins drop at least one point on Tuesday, the Florida Panthers will be in the playoffs. Another scenario is if the Florida Panthers win, if the New York Islanders win on Monday against the against the Washington Capitals, the Pittsburgh Penguins win on Tuesday against Chicago. But if the New York Islanders lose to the Montreal Canadiens at home, same thing. Regula- if it's a regulation win for the, excuse me, regulation loss for the Islanders, the Panthers will be in. So the clinching scenarios could come in the Panthers' off days, assuming that they win on Monday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs, which the Toronto Maple Leafs did not play TJ Brody on Saturday night. They did not play Callie Yarncrook on Saturday night. And... They did not play Morgan Riley. Ryan O'Reilly played. It's only his second game back, so I'm going to assume that Ryan O'Reilly will be in the lineup for the Maple Leafs on Monday as needs to get accumulated to the lineup prior to the postseason. Don't know if Austin Matthews is going to play. Don't know if John Tavares is going to play. We don't know that as of now. We don't know who, whether it's going to be Sam Sonoff playing. Uh, 
Matt Murray's still in con- concussion protocol, to, to my knowledge. So he's likely not not going to play, um, Matt Murray at least. So it, even though it was a great moment on Saturday night where the Toronto Maple Leafs used a, an e-bug during the final 10 minutes, uh, a goalie from the University of Toronto. So that was a pretty cool moment towards the end of the Maple Leafs-Habs uh, game on Saturday night. But the Toronto Maple Leafs rested a few players uh, on on Saturday. How much more are they going to rest? I mean, the second seed for them is locked up. They're going to be home, they're going to get home ice against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and and they'll be on a back to back on Monday and Tuesday. The Leafs, Monday in Florida, Tuesday in Tampa Bay. I don't know how they're going to approach that game against the Tampa Bay Lightning because that game will mean nothing. That game will only mean. a mental preparation for the postseason because they know they're going to see each other. But as far as who wins that game, that doesn't mean anything. So how do the, how does Sheldon Keefe and company address their goaltending situation there? How do they approach the first game? And that's all up in the air right now for, for the Panthers, which is so important for them to just get the two points. Of course, I'll be watching both that and the Islanders, Capitals game, we could be talking about a playoff clincher by Monday night. We we just no, won't know the positioning of who they will face yet. There won't be a matchup locked in on Monday night, regardless of what happens. But there could be a playoff spot secured by Monday night. And you know, this is this is a fun time of the year where we have to literally be focused on the games every single night across Monday through Thursday on the week because not I didn't even get to mention the Pittsburgh Penguins will be going to Columbus to face the Columbus Blue Jackets on the road in their final game of the season. Like I said, the Panthers have the toughest strength of schedule in these next two while, while the Pittsburgh Penguins have the easiest as they're facing two of the teams that are trying to get the number one overall pick, one at home, one on the road. And that it's a great opportunity for Pittsburgh to get some wins together. I mean, they won against Detroit, like I mentioned earlier. And like I said, like Paul Maurice said, the Panthers have to go in with the assumption that the other teams are not going to drop any points, that you got to take care of your business. Because if you win out, you'll be at 95 and you'll be at the top seed for the wild card one. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. There is an opportunity for myself, possibly later on tonight, to bring in possibly a member of the Pittsburgh media and the Islanders media to discuss the wild card race. So just a preview of a future episode, a possible roundtable edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, where we're just going to talk about the next two games for each of these three teams. So make sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast on YouTube and on podcast, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to the Instagram page as well. Lockdown FLA Panthers, excuse me, at LO underscore FLA Panthers on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure to keep up with everything because we have your Florida Panthers fix here. It's going to be a fun week for every for for all of us as we hope that the Florida Panthers can keep on winning. 
just keep winning. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.